Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, welcome back to Not Overthinking. How are you doing, Ali? I'm doing great, thanks for asking. It's been a very odd week because I've actually worked for all five days this week. Five days a week? Five, five days a week. I don't know how people do this whole, like, you know, working five days a week thing. Because, like, in previous weeks, I've had, like, random days off and I've oh, had, like, you know, one long day and then a day off the next day and stuff. But it's pretty, like, you know, hard going working five days a week. Yeah, it really takes it out of you. Yeah. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I've, um, yeah, work, work-wise this week was pretty standard, but a few, I think a few interesting things happened that I'd like to mention. The first was that last night I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. It was so good. It was unbelievable, man. I'm like, I'm a huge fan of the current iteration of the Spider-Man series, but this was like way better than I thought it would be. And I was really looking forward to this. I think it was the best film I've ever seen. Oh, amazing. Okay. I'm a huge fan of Tom Holland. I think he's just so cool. He's got the kind of boyish good looks, you know, full head of hair kind of thing. Full head of hair. <laughs> and he's like, he's just like really cool. And yeah, it, it was amazing. Okay. I, uh, what do you mean he's just really cool? What about Tom Holland is cool? I think I have a bit of a thing for yeah, sort of uh, actor, yeah, people with sort of boyish, boyish good looks who just seem so he, like nice. So, so he looks like a semi-good-looking white boy. Yeah, but it's a certain type. So I think Sean Mendes is like is similar, like you know, extremely attractive, you know, nice body or whatever. But like he's like boyish, taller, but like in a boyish yeah, yeah, way, he's, not he's in got like, like yeah. Whereas not, like not like, like rugged, not like Jason not Momoa like Thor or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I'm I, I'm quite into the sort of so Sean Mendes. The more like a uh, nubile as it were. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom Holland, amazing. So that that was one thing. Yeah. The other thing was that in the past week or so, I've I've found myself exposed to various random niches. So I think last weekend, I don't know what made this happen, but I went down this rabbit hole on YouTube, obviously, um, where I started watching some magic videos. And like you were into magic back in the day, so I've I've kind of been on the periphery of the magic community through that, and I was kind of re-exposed to the magic niche. Um, and I was kind of reading about it and stuff, and it's just really cool to see sort of these niche like worlds that people are living in that no that the outsiders aren't really aware of and so magic was one of them one thing i started i sort of got back into this week uh is aquascaping um what the hell is aquascaping so i i I used to be really into like fish keeping and i'd like to get back into it i really want to set up a fish tank in the in our flat now and aquascaping is like the the art of arranging stuff in like a in an aquarium nicely and so there was this japanese chap um who basically turned it into like a legit field um okay i can see you're not that interested <laughs> anyway and then the final niche I, I sort of was exposed to this week was uh <laughs> for the past two days uh lucas my co-founder and i we went to a a conference about spreadsheet risk so there's a community of people uh in the world who you do a lot of spreadsheet stuff and they're so into it that they convene once a year and they write papers and they publish these papers and they give talks about how to minimize the risk of using spreadsheets in an organization and so we went to this talk of like the nichest ex 
Excel and spreadsheet people in the world. And it, it was pretty small. There were like four tables in the whole conference. Maybe four like, tables? Oh, like damn. 30 people or something. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Less than 30 people probably. Basically a classroom. Yeah, basically like a, a classroom. And these people get together you know, once a year. For, and there were people who've been going to this conference for like two decades. This has been going on for ages. Anyway, super niche. And it's just really cool to like be exposed to sort of an inside view into a world that you're actually an outsider to. And like, I was kind of thinking that this is this is so bizarre and so niche, but these people absolutely love it. And like, these are just like normal people. You know, these people have families and, <laughs> you know. They, yeah, somehow. I, I, yeah, but, but the point is that like, I feel like I've had this worldview for a while, which I'm trying to undo now, that having, it's, it's weird to have sort of obscure niche interests and people who have those, like, there's like weird people and there's like normal people. And if I'm honest, I've always kind of felt weird you know, for various you know, reasons to do with these kinds of niches. Um, but, you know, everyone's got one. And uh, yeah, I think it'd just be really interesting to sort of explore more random niches that I'm an outsider of too. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I can fully, I can fully uh, relate to this experience. Uh, one thing that I used to enjoy doing on YouTube is, so you know with some games like World of Warcraft, for example, people would create like a strategy guide based on how to fight a particular boss. And when you're, when you understand the game, you would understand all the niche strategy that goes into fighting this one boss and how to deal with mechanics based on your classes and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that, like, from that, I started just kind of occasionally browsing strategy videos for other things like League of Legends that I've never played in my life. Oh, nice. And hearing the sort of strategy that goes on for something that I have absolutely no idea about. Yeah. And it's just always, it's, it's always kind of interesting, like seeing this whole world that, you know, I, I just hadn't explored. Yeah. Um, and always got me a bit like, inspired to like do more cool things. But yeah. Yeah. I think the lingo and the inside jokes are always funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> You know, someone at yeah, this Excel conference, someone would have mentioned like one way to do a particular calculation, and everyone would sort of laugh like, "Ha ha ha!" CSE functions, am I right? <laughs> you know, like, it's be like what the hell is a CSE function? Yeah. Anyway. What's our actual topic of the podcast this week? All right. So what, one thing I've been thinking about this week is uh, maybe you'll like this one, actually, because it's uh, to do with advice. Oh, yes. I love advice. Uh, <laughs> all right. Give it to and me. And <laughs> I, I guess it's to do with how how we should give advice and what our sort of duties are to the people around us um, when it comes to things like this. All right. So um, let's take take like your friends, for example. I think like part of um, part of the duty, this is maybe a strong statement. I don't know how much I stand by this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Part of our duty to our friends is that you know we sort of want the best for them and we want to guide them towards living their best lives and we'd hope that they'd guide us towards living our best lives as well right mm. um, and so there's this thing that that Mimi our mum and I always go back and forth on where her approach is very much like sort of uh, let people do what they want you know if it works for them then great and kind of very uh, ha- I think like hands off in terms of very uh, Reagan economics <laughs> laissez-faire I, yeah she's, I, I think that was racing. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> God, you sound smart right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> Yeah, so like my mom and I often go back back and forth on this where if she'll disagree with something that say her friend is doing, she wouldn't really like make it known or whatever. Whereas if I disagree with something that one of my friends is doing, I feel like, you know, it's my sort of duty as a friend to let them know that, you know, I think this thing is like bad for you or bad for other people, whatever. Like let them know that I think this is like a bad thing and let's like discuss it or whatever so that sort of together you can reach uh, a better place. And uh, Mimi's, Mimi's stance was like, you know, if, if it works for them, then great, you know, quite hands off. And to be honest, I'm not sure whether she actually holds this view. I suspect she doesn't hold this view, but as a parent, 
it's probably the right stance to take to tell your kids to like be more tolerant yeah to be be tolerant so like i i think that might be what's going on there um but there was a situation this week where a friend asked me for advice about i don't know some like relationship thing or whatever right um wait wait so some like relationship thing or whatever <laughs> yeah mean, it, like... the details don't matter just like you know relate relationship advice you know oh, okay P- people come to me for that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. you can imagine why S- since your year eight days where you used to post on the student room in the, in the health and relationships forum and i think you had a, a several hundred person there because i remember when i stole your account to subtly advertise the bmap business back in the day like five years ago yeah there was a lot of karma on your profile based on your health and relationships posting mate people loved it i dished out the best love advice oh i think it would be cool actually to just kind of go back through your thing just that kind of do sick. a search and then just do a podcast episode discussing yeah yeah, yeah that <laughs> your love advice fun. that you that you used to dish out to people when you were like t- 13 <laughs> <laughs> So that would be a great all right that's next week's podcast sorted anyway yes okay so like look the people thing, come to you for relationship advice and, what and look when, i think there's a bit of a dilemma when someone comes to you for advice because i guess the thing i was thinking about in this case was okay does she want me to put myself in oh was her- it she yes. she came to you for relationship advice yes Damn, this is something got a lot more interesting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay what a week it's been <laughs> talk, talk to, to a, a girl, girl. <laughs> yes love it <laughs> All right. Anyhow, so she came to me for this for advice, and the dilemma was: Do I put myself in her shoes and give the advice from her point of view, or do I sort of give the advice from my point of view? All right. Do, do you understand what that means? Uh, I do, but you're gonna have to like, okay, share I'll, a bit I'll, of the context. I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll, okay. Yeah. So like, I used to use fake names and stuff. No one cares. Who you know. So like, are. look, everyone has a different worldview, right? And you know, I I largely agree with my mum's sort of position of like, you know, everyone everyone's different what works for them works for them and what works for you works for you um and so on the one hand i can see the value in like giving advice from the point of view of the other person because sometimes it is useful just to get an outsider okay wait i i understand all of this but right now you're talking as if you fully understand the context of what you're talking about i have no idea what you're talking about i don't think our listeners have any idea what you're talking about can you just give us the the concrete context of this conversation so that we can hang your abstract theories on top of it rather than being all abstract and only getting to the point later on half an hour okay fine 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 you're right all right so basically i just want to find out the goss <laughs> i want you to tell me the goss <laughs> what is the goss so basically girl likes boy <laughs> okay <laughs> that's unusual a- age-old story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all know how this one ends <laughs> Do we? Um, girl likes boy. Girl isn't sure whether boy likes, boy her, back. likes her back. Classic. <laughs> girl is unsure what to do. Is unsure whether she, she, she should make the first move. Yeah, it's, it's things like that, basically. Okay. Right? And the, 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 so basically the summary of every other relationship advice question. Uh, yeah. I like someone. Much. I don't know if they like me back. I don't know what I should do about it. Oh. Have you just realized that this is, this is the format that every single relationship question takes? No, I've, I've just realized this wasn't actually... I'm, I'm actually accidentally mixing two stories. Forget the relationship thing. This <laughs> Wait, was... Uh, two people came to you for advice. No, same person. You spoke to two girls. <laughs> no, no, just the one. <laughs> right. I was going to say. Sorry. That'll be a wild week. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Ignore the relationship stuff. This was general like life advice to do with sort of career slash, uh, you know, life priorities, things okay. like that. Cool. So person, uh, this person was like unsure of like whether they should take sort of one job over another. Um, and they were interested in like, you know, uh, they've recently graduated and they want to like travel around a bit and they wanted to like spend some time, you know, a few months living somewhere else, a different country. And so they weren't sure whether to like start their career off sort of properly now or like travel or whatever um and so the question was like you know she and i are very different people and like the things i 
care about are not the same as the things she cares about cares about and stuff. Right? Oh, like, well, like, what do you mean? I mean, apart from the fact that she's female, um, like she's pre- presumably not into going to a spreadsheet conf- conference about spreadsheet risks. Yeah, safe to say she was not at Usprig this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how does she feel about Tom Holland and Shawn Mendes? Uh, she actually isn't into Tom Holland. Okay, so you don't have a lot in common then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fair yeah. Right. So look, we're very different people. Um, I think she just wants to spend the next few years like having fun or whatever. Which yeah, great. Anyhow, um, the question was like, do I, do I sort of advise based on her sort of worldview, which is like, I want to spend the next few years sort of traveling around and having fun and stuff um, and sort of think about my career later on. Um, and I think that was roughly her worldview. Or do I give the advice based on my worldview, which, which is I, what? I don't know. I, I, I think priority wise, I'm probably more career focused than... What sort of career would she have, would, would she have had? Sorry? What sort of career? Career was you going down? For example, I don't know. Let's just say like law or something. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. But no, it, I mean, it, it kind of does because in in that position, the advice that I would, for example, want to be be tempted to give is yeah, travel around the world, build a <laughs> build up a personal brand, uh, spend you know, start a personal blog every week. You document the stuff that you cool stuff you're doing around the world. Hopefully, trying to make a bit of money on the side, and then at the end of it, if you want to, you can get a job. Worst case scenario, best yeah, case yeah, scenario, yeah, yeah. you so make money yeah, off your brand. Look, I, I think the, the, that sort of thing. The details of this case don't actually matter, but right. I'm glad you brought that up because you're in entire worldview is that you know everyone should strive for financial independence the best way to do that is to like learn how to code start a blog start youtube videos all this uh, kind of stuff this is l- like the advice i was giving to some dude who came over to my house for about four hours yesterday yeah l- okay. literally 100 percent focused on this the, the, this genre of life advice yeah so this is your whole shtick your I, I, this, I, this I is my whole like, spiel yeah this is this is your whole spiel and this is like your worldview and and a lot of the time when you're sort of giving advice to people you're trying to bring them around to your worldview yeah, i'm trying right? to convince them that this is the right way forward yes exactly and and so that's one way to give advice, which sure. is to like try and bring the other person's worldview closer to yours. The other way to give advice is to step into the other person's worldview and uh, sort of give an outsider's view from within that. Because like sometimes it is helpful just to hear someone else sort of say something to you that you're kind of aware of already or whatever, right? Like sometimes it's helpful for someone to just sort of sure. say, look, I know what's going on okay. here. You need to do this. And so the, the question is like when, you know, I, I think I think you agree that it's our duty to kind of... Uh, yeah, you know, it is a moral a, a, imperative on us to help our friends be better people. Yes. Uh, yeah part of being in a community of any sort is for everyone to sort of help each other and and sort of yeah try and try and help everyone live their best lives whatever that might be okay and so the question is i suppose like when should that be trying to actually change their worldview to whatever you think is a better worldview and when should that be sort of accepting their worldview and working within that framework do you have any thoughts on this? I do, but given but given the framing of the question, I think this is one of those things that is very context dependent. I guess so, yeah. And so it's difficult to speak in abstract terms about what kind of what are likely to be concrete life decisions. So when if someone comes to you for advice, when would you sort of give it give advice from their own point of view versus go go on your spiel about how they should start a blog? So usually it depends on whether I think they would be receptive to my spiel and whether it's actually good advice for them. If I think so, for example, this guy that I I'm, I met up with yesterday, he's he's already taken the first few steps he started his own podcast he was he, he he took the effort of emailing me and then actively coming to cambridge to have a chat with me so he was kind of a fresh mind to have this kind of advice kind of hammered into him that this is what he should be doing with his life and he really really appreciated that if however someone like molly my housemate were to come to me for advice me doing a whole spiel about
about personal branding wouldn't quite have as much of an effect as, you know, a 21-year-old engineering student from America who's already into the tech industry. You know, the two very different worldviews. But then even then, having said that, when Molly does come to me for advice about careers and stuff, my advice does tend to skew towards the start a personal brand. She's got her own Instagram account where she posts pictures of food. I'm trying to encourage her to post more pictures of herself to try and play up the fact that she's a doctor to make it more brandable. And over and now she's 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 like started getting free stuff. And I'm not saying that's anything to do with me, but I think it's the fact that she's put started to put more effort into this personal brand means this, all this good stuff is happening. So even in that circumstance, and my housemate Molly is the sort of person who is the completely, almost completely the opposite of anything you and I would care about. She would definitely not be going going to this Excel risk spreadsheet conference, right. for example. Yeah. <laughs> she would not care at all about being entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, setting up her own business. Her raison d'etre is to raise a good family and to provide value to the world by being a good doctor. You know, sure. pretty much the opposite of what you and I want to do, in a way. I don't know, man. I want to provide value to I mean, the world. Yeah, but come on. Yeah, yeah it, I, it, I get you. It, I get it, you. It, a different sort of realm. So Molly's yeah. often the person that I think about in my head when I'm thinking, does this advice apply to everyone or does it only apply to people who are like you and me? Right. But even then, I think we do have a duty for to our friends to kind of bring them around to our worldview. And what I would hope is that this is something that um, there's a blogger called Mr. Money Mustache says. Here like, we hey, go. Here, here right, we here bloody we go. go. Right. <laughs> so Mr. Money Mustache, as you know, and as some of my uh, friends know, is my, one of my favorite bloggers of all time. Everyone should check him out. He's got an incredible blog about personal finance and like how to become financially independent so that you're not reliant on your own job to make you money. You can just kind of uh, build up investments and live off that for the rest of your life if you really want to. Anyway, his spiel is kind of extremist in that he would be, he would say stuff like, you know, uh, there's no point owning a car. You should just cycle everywhere. And if you can't get to it by bike, you can rent a car for the weekend. And there's no, like, you know, anytime you can walk somewhere, you should walk rather than take a car. So he, his, his whole, so his, his whole online persona is kind of an extreme version of the thing that he actually believes. But what he says is that the reason he preaches the extreme version of the thing he believes is that when people apply the extreme version and apply it to their own life, naturally they're just going to take take what's relevant to them and that will mesh with their own worldview and that will create a good amount of advice. Uh-huh. And I lean quite heavily this way. I think it's useful, kind of like what Gary Vaynerchuk does. He's a big he's big in the name of personal branding. He says that everyone should be putting out a hundred pieces of content every day on every social platform. <laughs> Clearly, no one is putting out a hundred pieces of content a day on every social platform. But people who listen to Gary V appreciate that that is kind of an ideal sage-like status to aspire to. And therefore, it all encourage, it encourages all of us to put out more. And that's his objective. His objective is not the 100. His objective is just more than what we're currently doing. So I think in that case, I would have a strong bias towards trying to bring them around to my worldview, fully recognizing that these are intelligent people we're talking to that we're giving advice to and that they're actually just going to take what works for them. I don't know if that answered your question at all. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I think it's funny how, uh, well, according to you, in 2019, being a sage means putting out 100 pieces of content online every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about content. <laughs> Every day we stray further from God. <laughs> um, no, I think that's. I think that's interesting. I think that the interesting thing is the thing you said about whether you think they'd be receptive to coming around to your worldview. And I and I, I think I fully agree with you here. There's like, I think that comes down to like, it's all about empathy, as Gary Vee would say. Yeah, it's all about empathy. And it's, and it's like, I don't know. I feel like with some people, I mean, why, what would make you feel like someone is more receptive to your oh. worldview versus others? So actually, this is something that I've changed recently. So previously, I used to, if when asked for advice, I used to hammer down my, my worldview and ram it down people's throats. 
right. Now what I do is that I take a step back and ask, okay, what do you want? What are you optimizing for? What do you what do you want? What are you aiming for? What does your ideal life look like? That sort of thing. And I take the time to actually figure out what they want to get out of life and therefore what sort of genre of advice I should give. Yeah. And this is the sort of thing that they actually teach you to do as, as doctors because a patient comes to you asking for advice, you know, which contraception option should I take? And there's pretty much three or four different options that are all kind of reasonable. And I've got my bias towards the implant, for example, because you can just implant it into your arm. You don't have to think about it. It works for three years. You can take it out whenever you want. It's all generally very, very good. But if someone, if a, a patient comes to me and says, hey, wh- what contraception sh- should I get? It would be bad of me to say, I recommend you get the implant. Because what I should actually be doing is trying to figure out for her what what, what her priorities are, what she wants out of contraception, what her, you know, whether she feels that she'd be happy taking a tablet or, you know, putting something in her vagina or having an implant in her, in her arm. And all these different factors that I won't appreciate from my point of view because her worldview is different. No, no, no. But the, no, the, no, no. So what you're doing in the doctor case is that you're stepping into her worldview in order to give her the best advice relative to her worldview. I'm asking her to explain her worldview to me because I know that I can't really step into it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But you're trying to step into yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I think that's a good thing to do. And that's what I now start, I have now started to do more often when giving regular advice as well. But surely there is there are cases where, I mean, let's say someone has a worldview. Um, I don't know if we're using worldview as a good term anymore. But like, let's say someone has a worldview that you feel is quite damaging to them in the long term and isn't going to serve them well in the long term. Oh, God, yeah. Then I would happily combat that worldview. For example, if someone in the contraception example were to tell me that I don't believe in contraception, I think it's, 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 it's totally pointless. And for example, their method of contraception is the pull-out method and they don't believe anything else. It's my duty as a doctor. I've, I have a moral imperative to tell her that, look, I don't think the pull-out method is a good, is a good method of contraception. It's not that effective, trust me. <laughs> Speaking from uh, experience of friends. Um, and, and therefore, I would strongly recommend we can at least consider some other options. Equally, to use a more, more classic example of advice that people actually come to me for, sometimes I find people who have the worldview that money will directly correlate with their happiness forever. Yeah. And at that point, I'm going to counter I'm going to counter that point and explain that look, you know, money only contributes to happiness insofar as you hit that fifty thousand dollars a year threshold yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever. So if their premises are flawed, in my opinion, I'm going to try my best to change those premises. Right, but this is this is still coming down to the question of like, I mean, okay, when you say their premises are flawed, what you're really saying is their axioms, their assumptions. Well, no, no, what you're really saying is they have a different worldview. That's what you're saying. If you think their premises are flawed, is that not what you're saying, or is something different? Okay, there are two different. The, uh, I think worldviews is the wrong term to be using here. Let's go back to the contraception example. One uh, one quote worldview is I strongly believe in the pull-out method and I believe it's the only method of contraception that's that, Wait, that, that's reasonable. Wait, are we, are we just talking hypothetically here or is this actually something that comes up a lot no, where so, patients uh, are like... Uh, this, was our, the, this was our scenario in our fifth year of Oski, yeah. which is why I'm intimately familiar with all the details and all the pros and cons of all these different kind of contraception methods. Nice. Um, and we would be running role plays with one another to figure out, okay, if we get this this patient in the Oski and let's say they happen to be a Jehovah's Witness or a Catholic and don't believe in contraception. Yeah, how, how are we going to tackle that? Okay. So we kind of run these scenarios. Anyway, one sort of worldview is I don't believe in medication. I believe in the pull-out method. I think it's, it's it's the only reasonable one. Okay. Okay. So that's worldview A. Worldview B is, to be honest, I, can see, I can't really see myself taking a tablet every day because I know I'm the sort of person who might forget to take the tablet. And if contraception is reliant on me taking a tablet every day, I don't think that would work for me. Okay. So there's two very different things here. One of them is where I think their fundamental perception, their fundamental view is flawed, that they don't believe in medication. And the other one is kind of more personal to them that, okay, that's reasonable. You've clearly thought about this. This You've clearly made a conscious decision that a tablet wouldn't be the right option for you. And so the way I'd be approaching these is, is slightly different. And at the moment, we'd be using the word worldview to describe both of these contexts. Yeah. But they're actually two different things. One of, where, one of them is a flawed premise, in my opinion, but maybe there's a better term 
terminology. And the other one is taking a reasonable premise, applying it to their situation and mm. getting to a logical conclusion based uh, on that. I think I have, I think I have a, a good terminology. Well, okay, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> what, what you're trying to say is that well, in the case of the person who <laughs> lives and dies by the Palamid... <laughs> <laughs> This is such a silly example. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stop laughing now. So, for a person who lives and dies by the pull-up method, yes, yeah, for this person, and this is why we do we rehearse these role plays to get all the laughter out of the way first. <laughs> um, yeah, so for for this person, if the, if they say that they don't believe in medication or whatever, the reason that you think their premises are flawed—that's what you're calling it—is because I, I think it's because what you're actually saying is that it's it they don't actually have a, con- a consistent worldview. I'm sure if you like drill down and said, okay, do you agree that water is good for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you started at a point like that, yeah. you could very easily get to a point where they would probably, you know, they'd probably at some point say something along the lines of medication is good. And then you'd be like, oh wait, but I thought you said medication was bad. Okay. Yeah. And then and then that shows like an inconsistency in the worldview. Yeah. And so the reason you'd sort of want to intervene into their world, sort of like intervene with what they're saying their worldview is, is because it's actually in, inconsistent with other things they believe and you, and you kind of want to create this consistency. Yes. Okay. And in the other in the other example? And in the other example, there's no inconsistency. They're like, you know, here are the facts. It's hard for me to take a tablet every day because I forget. And like, there's nothing to disagree with there, right? There's there's no inconsistency at all. And so that's okay. fine. Or perhaps one one view is logical and the other one is illogical. Yeah. From my, guess, from my, from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like the, the reason it's illogical is because it's inconsistent. Oh, so actually on a semi-related tangent, um, this... this guy who I was giving lots of advice to yesterday um, one of the things we were discussing was about why he should get a Kindle okay you know just to take the example back to rums that you and I are both comfortable with and he was saying that he likes reading physical books and I was like okay right here, here we, we go. go here we <laughs> effing go uh, I've, been, I've been preparing months for this. yeah <laughs> months years mate 10 years and I was like right I'm not going to convince you that that you actually should get a Kindle um, and what and what he said was the classic spiel well, you, you know I took a, I took a sabbatical from social media for eight months because I felt I wasn't engaging with the world blah 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 And I feel that I'm more centered with the world when I'm not using electronic devices. And I was like, okay, have you got electric lights in your house? And he was like, yeah, I've got electric lights in my house. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's an electronic device. Do you feel like you're less centered in the world because you have electric lights in your house? And he was like, okay, fine. No, of course I don't. You know, of course I'm going to use my electric lights and that doesn't make a difference. And I was like, okay, so it's not really the fact that it, these are electronic devices that you take issue with. It's probably the fact that these devices like phones and iPads draw your attention away from things you care about by sending you notifications every minute of the day. And he was like, yeah, that's probably reasonable. And then I argued, okay, I'd argue a Kindle is closer to an electric light rather than compared to a phone because it's just a device that happens to have words on it. There's no notifications. There's no attention taking away from it. And so to refine his worldview, it was more that he objects to his attention being taken away from things rather than things being electronic in particular. This is sort of like the contraception example where, you know, if someone agrees with some sort of medication, yeah. it was an inconsistent worldview. Yeah. And that was a point where I was like, okay, I'm really going to drive this point home because I think he's wrong yeah. and I want to make him see the error of his ways. Okay, that's a good example. Um, I th- I, yeah, I, th- I think it comes down to the consistency thing. Uh, one, one example that I was thinking of was that like, you suppose you have a friend whose life motto is, you know, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And they want to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic. Um, <laughs> they probably have a live, laugh, love poster on their, uh, on their wall. On their, yeah, iPhone wallpaper or something. Yeah. Um, and they 
want to sort of spend the next you know, 10 years sort of doing lots of drugs, yeah, partying a lot. No, and hashtag no regrets tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag no regrets tattoo. Yeah. Um, and they sort of want to, yeah, just go crazy for the next 10 years and sort of burn out and deal with the consequences later. Hmm. That would be an example where I would sort of, sort of disagree. That's not my worldview, for example. And if I had a friend who was heading down that path, I'd be inclined to try and change that worldview. And I think, I think it, it's for the same reason that it's sort of inconsistent with like, if you sat them down and said, okay, what do you care about in life? I care about being happy and sort of, you know, I, they probably don't plan on dying by the age of 30 or whatever. And so um, living this kind of lifestyle for the next 10 years is not going to serve them well for the rest of their life. And, and they'll probably agree with all these things. And then it will probably be clear that it's sort of, uh, the sort of party for 10 years thing is inconsistent with a lot of other things that they want, right? Okay. And so that's the reason why it's acceptable to try and shove your worldview on them in that case. But uh, but I, I don't think in that case you're shoving your worldview because the, the the key thing you said there was that you'd sit them down and you'd have the discussion about their priorities, what yeah, they want from life, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. It's not like you're saying, mate, you're wrong. I'm going to convince you why you're wrong. It's you're saying, okay, let me try and understand where you're coming from. And if at the end of that, you realize that actually their view is entirely consistent and they just literally only want to live for the next 10 years and don't care about long-term happiness, then, yeah. then okay, everything is consistent. Fair yeah. play to them. They do That's them. That's a great strat. That's all good. Yeah. So I suppose when giving advice, what, you, what we're trying to identify is the inconsistencies. So does that mean actually you should never really shove your worldview down their throat? And like the only, it's all, it really is always about like we're figuring out what they want and putting yourself in their shoes. I mean, yeah, like yeah. In, in medicine, we never shove worldviews. World yeah, it's always yeah. just, you know, a balance of what their priorities are, what our priorities are, trying to come to come to a shared decision um, about, you know, what's in their best interests, taking into account their views and the family's views and everyone else's views. So that's probably a much kinder way to give advice. And actually, now that I think of it, um, I, I came in quite strong at the start when I was like, yeah, I love to shove my worldview down. down yeah, because you did say that. But now yeah. I, I think but we're now, just talking no, about worldview in a, yeah, in a, a term slightly was, different way. Yeah. A lot of Obviously, in, yeah, at, at the start, of, prior to shoving my worldview down someone's throat, I'm going to try and figure out what their priorities are, what they want from life, etc., etc. such that if my worldview is compatible with that and consistent with that, then I will happily shove it down their throat uh, to the point that they're comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I, think we, I think we've come to a conclusion. I think, yeah, I think that was helpful to, to sort of break out. The other thing is that, uh, the other thing which is sort of related to this is like it part of the sort of you know duty to the various communities we're in uh so what sort of you know everyone sort of should be helping each other live their best lives and so on to what extent do you like i mean i think there's there's this culture nowadays that i feel like it's maybe too strong this culture of like always being supportive so like yeah, I, oh, I think there's a bit of a yes. narrative going around that your duty as a friend, or yes, your let's move away from friends and just talk about communities in general because it really applies everywhere, right? Your duty to sort of your community, the people in your whatever community you're talking about, is to support them, sort of almost no matter what. And uh, do you know what I mean? I, I can't take it as well. Yes, I know what you mean. Um, I I think I I occasionally talk to Molly about this, um, where uh, just kind of being interested in the difference in in like interpersonal relationship dynamic between like her group of female friends and like our group of male friends. Yeah. Whereby kind of with our group of male friends, if someone is making a decision that we think is you know wrong for them, people will pipe up and tell them that, and you kind of know that you can take it, and that it's just it's just a given that this is how we we talk about things, and everyone candid like this what she was saying is that for certain of her girlfriendship groups even though they're very close they would be very careful never to pass judgment on a life life choice that someone else is making so let's say they think 
someone is with the wrong sort of guy, they they would feel a moral imperative to kind of let them know that we don't we, we don't like this guy. But they would try and do it in a very, very, very subtle and kind of delicate and sort of tiptoeing around the subject kind of way. Whereas I feel like when it, at least when it comes to most of my friendship groups with guys, we would kind of be much more blunt and much more shoving down our worldview down someone's throats. Is that just a different way of communicating or, or is it a different thing entirely? It feels like it might just be a different way of communicating in this case. Yeah, potentially. Just being um, more 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 concerned about the other person's feelings rather than less. Yeah, I suppose. But I, I, I do think there is something going around at the moment about, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, the, you use the word judgment and like, mm. you know, you wouldn't want to judge the other person's life decisions. And I feel like there is a bit of a narrative going around um, just in general that like you shouldn't judge basically like don't judge people which is great you know yeah. fully on board broadly yes yes you shouldn't judge people but <laughs> yeah i know what you mean <laughs> surely like if someone it, in your community is making a decision that you fundamentally disagree with and think and think is bad for them in the long yeah, run yeah yeah this is not you being you know taking the moral high ground and like judging them in that way this is a different kind i don't know if, even if judgment is the right word but i feel like because of the whole don't judge people thing which again Again, I think it's broadly good. I, f- I feel like the norm is to yeah support, which again is is broadly good. <laughs> but <laughs> so we're trying to identify the fringe cases in which judging is okay and supporting is a bad idea. So for example, the 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 example that comes to mind is whenever um, Mimi dishes out life advice, it tends to be quite old school in the sense that you know st- s- stick to your path, uh, stick to the status quo, you know, work your way up. Stick to the status quo is I don't think not I don't think that's accurate. I think she she always does say. You know, try and be the best. Yeah, tries to. Oh, sure, sure. No, I agree. Try and be the best, but in a very narrowly defined field. So, for example, yeah. if you're if you're within medicine, pick a surgical specialty and try and become a professor of that specialty. Sure. For example, you know, it's yeah. it's based on very much based on her worldview and very much good advice based on her worldview because she has our best interests at heart. And for her, she feels like she well, obviously as a parent, she has a moral imperative uh, to give advice that she thinks is good. And if, for example, I were to say that, hey, I'm gonna leave medicine and travel the world for five years making YouTube videos, that to her would seem completely ridiculous and she would would seem insane (laughs) and she would be fully fully justified in judging me harshly for this and being like no no that's unacceptable you have to be doing this and trying to shove her worldview down my throat yeah um and i can't really blame her for it even though even even though i would completely completely disregard her advice yeah 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 and i think it's 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 reasonable for her to give that advice yeah i I agree um but it's also it's also then reasonable for me to be like actually respectfully i I, I disagree with that advice and i'm going to do what i want anyway yeah yeah i think both are reasonable like her you know she has the best of intentions and you know you know what you want etc but i think uh i mean looking at my life i think i i, I do have some friends who are, are a lot more on the supporting front mm. and i feel like if i if i you know if there was something i was deliberating over for like a few days or a few weeks or whatever and i was like all right lads i've come to decision i'm gonna do this i feel like most people would kind of just sort of uh enter supportive mode at that point and be like yeah you know that that actually sounds really good and they'll kind of tell you your reasons back to you to sort of support you uh in the decision you've just made and i think few friends would cut i think people would be wary of like pushing back too much against that because they don't want to sort of be seen as i don't know judgmental again it's not the right word but naysayers or yeah unsupportive stuff like that and and actually i think 
There have definitely been a few moments in my life where someone taking the opposite view and being extremely unsupportive of what I was planning to do has actually been hugely valuable. And so, for example, when I was in my final year of university, um, I, you know, I was applying for sort of jobs and stuff. And I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? Um, and I've always been quite into design and things like that and sort of uh, making apps and websites. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll sort of apply for a job as like a front-end software engineer at some place. Um, and, you know, I've also always been into kind of stats and, and that kind of thing. And, and one of my friends who has worked as a front-end sort of developer, he he was actually very strongly against me trying to go down that path. And he sort of very much pushed me towards trying to become a data scientist, even though um, sort of that was significantly harder to do as a graduate and, and, and so on. And he kind of pushed me. Yeah, he, he kind of was very anti-supportive of what I thought I wanted to do. And I'm really glad he was so anti-supportive of that because I think um, I, was, I definitely benefited a lot from going down the data science route. I think the reason I was reluctant to do it initially was just because it seemed harder and and him pushing back against me kind of got to the bottom of that and that was really valuable and so I feel like there's there's probably lots of missed opportunities where for fear of seeming unsupportive or for fear of seeming judgmental or whatever we don't push back enough on our friends okay uh I wonder if that's really what's going on here um so when you said that I suspect so this friend was uniquely placed to be anti-supportive of your I want to be a front-end developer yes he was he was extremely well whereas the rest of your friends are probably not as well placed to do that yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I'm not saying I'm not saying that other other friends were wrong to not like no, sure. <laughs> invest but, this level of detail into my decision but then I don't think it's a case of uh, it's necessarily a case of other friends not being anti-supportive because they're worried about being anti-supportive oh okay. it's more a case of you know the, the default position is that you know if you were to come out and say to a lay person like you know <laughs> take a random person in college who doesn't know anything about tech at all yeah. that hey you know I've thought about this and something about something about stats something about front-end web development and they're like well, what does front-end web, web development even even mean because yeah. you haven't defined it and you haven't defined it in this podcast either um they'll probably be like yeah i mean that sounds reasonable it kind of makes sense from my understanding of all the lay terms yeah tame will go for it that sounds very good yeah but if you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about and understands the situation and recognizes that actually this is probably not right for you they might then be anti anti-supportive yeah, yeah yeah fine and so i i agree with the general sentiment that there there is that there does seem to be this culture of hey everyone should be supportive but i don't know to what that to what extent that's just us um stereotyping when in reality there are probably these these uh sort of reasons as to why people might be anti-supportive or supportive about certain decisions do you have any example i think maybe i just had a, a very niche example do you have any examples of like a time where almost you wish people were more anti-supportive why are we using the word anti-supportive there's surely a word for this what's a word like against <laughs> against for for and against okay there we go there we go nailed it um <laughs> So one decision that I have to make in the near future is what I want to do with my sort of after my second year of being a foundation doctor. Okay. So at that point, we have this very, very natural, natural career break. And the thing that I've been telling, I've been saying to most people is that I'm I'm going to take an F3 year, which basically take, means a gap year, a year out of medicine, where I'll be doing some medicine stuff, but I won't be within a quote job. Right. And I'll be using that time to travel the world, making YouTube videos and kind of vaguely dabbling in some medical things and making medical educational content. Okay. And that sounds very, very reasonable. Like, you know, it sounds like the sort of thing, it makes sense. You know, you've got this audience, you've got this YouTube thing, you might as well exploit it, blah, blah, blah. Um, the job isn't going anywhere. You can always return to medicine whenever you feel like it. Yeah. Most people are very quote, supportive <laughs> for this plan. They're like, oh, this is a great idea. 
idea. There have been a couple of people who have pushed back against this, saying that, okay, but why are you doing that in your F3 year? Why not, for example, go through medical training for another two years to the point where you have two more years of experience, which means that when you do decide to travel the world five years from now rather than two years from now, you'll actually be a lot better placed to provide value in any medical environment that you are, that you're in, Ooh. because you'll be much more of a specialist. You'll know what you're talking about. You'll be able to provide rather than just, you know, leech value off the healthcare systems that you're in. Yeah. But the only people that can feasibly give that sort of advice are the people who are so familiar with this industry that they understand that that's a good sort of advice to give. Yeah. And I've always appre and I've appreciated having that, but I also appreciate that, you know, for example, if I were to tell you, you would say, yeah, man, go for it. There's a thing on the internet. It's yeah. pretty good. You wouldn't be like, actually, you'd be able to pro provide more value as a medical, yeah, as, I, I as, as a doctor when you're an SD3 rather than when you're a CT1. You know? Yeah. You haven't got the background to explain that. So that's the example that comes immediately to mind where I, I wish people, well, uh, where I appreciate it when people are more anti-supportive yeah, yeah, yeah. of what I want to do. I do think in general, the people with that level of context about this field do you think those people would generally be rightfully anti-supportive or do you think do, do you do you fear they'll be pushed towards supporting because of the general Actually, culture now that you say that i do think i do think they would be pushed to uh, i don't i don't know uh the sorts of people who have been anti-supportive there i can think of two people who have been anti-supportive of this particular view they are both very kind of stereotypically male very kind of logically thinking very i'm i'm happy to shove my opinion down your throat right. without caring about your emotions those sorts of people yeah um where uh, yeah i can't imagine you know our friend lucia for example <laughs> even though she were to be she, she'd probably be very supportive but this probably i don't think it would be a fear of being anti-supportive anti i think it's just a general kind of awareness of context being like yeah if that's the sort of thing he wants to do then sure i'm going to support that because he's my friend and that's a good thing to do whereas like as as we've said in previous podcast episodes there are no right answers yeah. and therefore erring on the side of supporting something that someone's already decided to do is actually a yeah. very reasonable thing to do yeah like i said broadly not judging people is great supporting people is great broadly yeah hmm. are there times in your life where you do disagree with what someone is doing for their own sake or whatever but you are not anti-supportive because you feel like yeah if it's if it's someone that i don't know very well sure or yeah, if it's someone right. who's not actively soliciting my advice yeah then i will I... oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. sorry okay. that's a given yeah. yeah um but no otherwise uh so we've, we, we've got a friend who's about to get married. Oh, yeah. If I were to meet his wife and suddenly realize, oh, crap, I don't think this is the right person for him, I probably would, I would probably still be supportive. But then there's the whole background running of that, you know, th they've been together five years. What do I know from one meeting by the relationship? He probably knows what he's talking about, all, all, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I, ca I can't imagine I would be, for someone that I know well or someone who's actively soliciting my advice, I would actively be supportive when I think it's a bad, the wrong decision. I see. And I can't imagine many people would be in that position. Yeah, that's true. That's true. True. So I think overall it is just a case of some people are going to be more in a position to disagree with your worldview, uh, to, to disagree with your premises and stuff if they are within that context. And if they're not, their default position as friends is to be supportive, which is a very reasonable thing and a good thing for friends overall to be. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Well, I found it helpful to at least like talk through this stuff properly. Um, these have all been sort of things floating around in my head. And I feel like I'm a bit clearer on. So things. what advice did you give your, your one female friend mm. about the career thing? Did you end up going down into her worldview or did you end up shoving your own worldview of just become a data scientist man down her throat well in this case i thought i was actually well placed to comment on part of her worldview which was that she wanted to spend a few months living in a different country and traveling and stuff okay that seems quite reasonable um which seems quite reasonable but from experience having done that a couple of times i think i tried to urge her to exercise a bit of caution in saying that it's kind of overrated and three months is a long time um 
I, I think that was the extent to my trying to alter her worldview. Okay, so it's but, not someone that you're like really, really, really close to. Because if you were really, really, really close to them, you'd probably take a bit more of a hardline stance. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, no, I think the reason I wasn't so hardline about it was partly, yeah, it was just because we are very different people. And so even given the fact that I think it's easy to romanticize living in a random place for three months, even given that fact, I, I still think like we're just different and maybe she'll have a better time than I would do that. Yeah, I mean, that's very reasonable. And also like some podcasts that I've recently been, been listening to is about even if you do, do decide to go somewhere for three months that's not an irreversible decision like if you realize after two weeks that you absolutely hate it you could just always come back home yeah there is sure. very very limited downside to this yeah and so i would actually err on the, on, on the side of just be like yeah go for it see see if you like it if you don't like it you can always come back well no so the downside in this case was sort of uh the career cost of like you know pushing pushing sort of career stuff back but is that actually a, an, an actual career cost these days sorry is that actually is that actual is that actually a a, a thing these days that is is there true career cost to for example taking a gap year yeah look i, look, I, I i'm absolutely the kind of person that would <laughs> yeah, encourage people to sort of uh ditch their careers and you know do things like this but in this case i do, the details of this situation don't matter in this case i do think there was a legitimate career cost okay. that would be worth taking into account. blah 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 it doesn't actually matter um what the details were of this case okay um but that was that was a good discussion i think i think that was that we was arrived at good ground and i think i've kind of this has made me realize that uh, act, actively realize that whenever i am in the giving advice mode i would um definitely make sure to figure out what their worldview is but then having said that um i think when it comes to doing things like making videos i think it is reasonable for someone making videos or writing a blog post or something to take a more hardline stance on this sort of stuff so i think we talked about this in a previous podcast episode like um when i give study tips and advice like there is a given subtext that okay this is just techniques that work for me take what what you want and ignore the rest you don't have to watch this video if you don't want to you know it's not that i am shoving this stuff down people's throats because they always have the option to leave yeah, the video if yeah, they don't yeah, like yeah. it and so i'm not going to spend five minutes hedging and saying that look ultimately you just have to sit down and figure out what you want from life and then blah blah blah, blah. by the way this is how you revise for your maths as exam you know i'm just going to tell them how to revise for the maths as exam yeah yeah I, it would be extremely tiresome if everyone who was producing some kind of content for mass consumption had to caveat everything with by the way this is just my opinion your mileage may vary you know blah 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 <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it, it's a different kind of thing. So actually, I think we we talked in a previous episode about how to take advice. Have we talked about that on the podcast? Have we talked it's, about the podcast? It's something we talk we, about. We, yeah, we, we have definitely, perhaps it should be a, to a topic for, no, we did. We, we got some criticism about one of our episodes, the one with Paul about how it was a bit slower and it was the first time and we were querying how best to actually act. Oh yeah, yeah, we had a discussion about that. Yeah. And, our, and I think ultimately that it's, it's the duty of the person receiving the advice to uh, filter it mm. as opposed to the duty of the person giving the advice to filter it. Because the person giving the advice is going to offer what's best for them mimi giving advice about my career she's just going to offer what's best for her i can't hold it against her to be like oh well actually i think she <laughs> i think she should take my worldview and context into account yeah yeah, yeah. it's my job to do the filtering and yeah so, I, I think that's definitely true yeah advice should never really be taken at face value anyway so should we wrap up any interesting things interesting insights of the week you've been writing these down i haven't been well the, the place i go for these things is my my twitter feed to see if i've tweeted anything remotely interesting in the past week uh, it's been a light week on twitter <laughs> he spoke to that one girl twice <laughs> <laughs> all right insight of the week thing this is something i've been i think i have a tweet a tweet draft i have a, I have a tweet sitting in my drafts oh here we go that i'm gonna send out at some point it's about goodbyes i have some i feel like goodbyes are a really profound thing maybe we should do a podcast a whole episode on goodbyes at one point but 
basically there was a scenario where recently i had like a half an hour meeting with someone um but the meeting was like really good i feel like we're really connected you know we really got on and at the end of the half you know, at the end of like a standard half an hour coffee or something you just kind of say cool like good to see you maybe you shake hands maybe you hug depending on like how well you know the person and stuff and you kind of go separate ways but in this case the half an hour was so good and like it felt so great that they see it seemed like it would almost be rude just to like shake hands and say goodbye yeah. like it wouldn't do it justice yeah. so i feel like in general like the goodbye ritual should be like proportional to sort of the depth of the connection or something like that so like if you've just spent like a week with someone you know at their house or something and then you're going home you don't just like say yeah see you later <laughs> it's a bit more of an elaborate goodbye ritual because it should like be fitting for the the occasion yeah and so i think generally the social protocols are fine where like after an average half an hour meeting with someone you shake hands you say goodbye it's fine but like there are these cases where you sort of have these exceptional interactions where the standard goodbye protocols don't feel like they do it justice um and so i think i had one of these moments in the past week and i was like ah what that should be something i could do in this situation what's the standard protocol (laughs) like what am i just say goodbye and then say like you know this was really really nice i really like you know whatever right um so yeah i don't know goodbyes i think goodbyes are weird i have some thoughts around that though so, do you have any thoughts on goodbyes uh a few but we'll save that for another episode because we're struggling we're a bit thin on the ground on podcast topics <laughs> recently so <laughs> i think this would be a good one and i think that's a good a good point on which to end the the show so thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed no, one last thing okay right i'm really sorry i've been extremely bad with replying to podcast emails for the past few weeks i'm really really sorry um i have we have actually read all of the emails it just takes a lot especially with the longer ones it's really really nice to read these sort of long emails where you send us your thoughts um but it just takes longer to okay wait so at the, at the moment they're being forwarded to your email account right yeah that's okay, the thing so that's you bad. should start taking some yeah what, what, why don't we just set up a shared gmail account yeah we both use superhuman we can add it as a, as a second account and just kind of yeah collectively reply to stuff but basically thank you so much for the emails we do yes we do actually really appreciate them i do actually read every word of all of them and it's really really nice to read them it just takes just i'm take just it. disorganized yeah. and it <laughs> takes a while to reply but thank you thank you thank you yes so so thank you very much for listening. Thank you for emailing us in, everyone who's emailed us in. We really appreciate it, uh, despite Tim not replying. But we're going to make more of an effort for, to make that a shared activity from now on. Um, as usual, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please could you share it with a friend and or like leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found the podcast. <laughs> oh, God, I've still got this cough. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.